0: Uh, Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Imaginary Advice. Do you know, a lot has happened since I spoke to you last. Um, I'm married now. I have a wife. I'm still getting used to it. It hasn't quite bedded in yet. Wife, wife, wife. Hello, this is my wife. My wife. It's tricky. I um, I feel as if I've stepped through a magic portal into a parallel dimension where everything... It's still essentially exactly the same, except one word has changed, and I wear jewellery now. It's like a really pedestrian episode of Sliders. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. I think I think my wife and I probably were overanalyzing it, because that, that, that's what we do. Our lives, um, they were great on both sides of, uh, of that interdimensional portal. So let's not be ungrateful here. We could have gone through that wedding portal. And, uh, and and found ourselves in the parallel universe. We're being married, men living in a world where Hitler was a vampire. Or um, I'm getting off topic. I have actually some other good news as well. So I have some good podcast news. Uh, Imaginary Advice was nominated for best fiction podcast. At the British Podcast Awards, I'm I'm laughing as I say it because it's it's kind of unbelievable. It's really wonderful. I am um I'm very humbled by the whole thing. I'm just a little baby show, you know, in the bigger podcast scheme of things. This is a one guy operation. I, I record in the wardrobe, so this um so this nomination is uh is it's amazing. It, it's a huge boost for me. I've checked out. All the other shows are on the shortlist and uh, they're really great. It's a really diverse mix of styles too. Award ceremony is next weekend. And yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting some other podcasters and uh, wrestling with the fact that their faces don't look like their voice. Anyway, I'll let, I'll let you know how how, how how that goes. Also, thank you to everyone who has, um, who has ever recommended my show to someone else or left a review on iTunes. It's such a kind thing. To do word of mouth is the only way that people hear about this show. I don't advertise or anything, so um, so thank you so much for doing that. And if you're uh, if you're a supporter of the show on Patreon and give a monthly donation to the running of all this, uh then you, my friend, are uh, you're a you're a goddamn neon angel. You are a unicorn walking into. The doctor's waiting room off my heart, and I will not forget you. Thank you so much. Uh, right now, I get about about two hundred and fifty dollars for each new episode from uh, micro donations from supporters, and uh, look, slowly, slowly, I'm I'm getting there. Uh, my dream is one day to be able to um, pay myself a wage for making this show, and uh, and you guys are uh, you're helping me get there. So thank you final notice, this is the final uh, uh, bit of admin, um, I'm doing some more live shows uh, Imaginary Advice live uh, will be appearing on some stages over the summer, so 10th of June at the Pump House Festival in Alburgh. Uh 12th to the 15th of July I'm going to be at Latitude Festival on the Speakeasy stage, I don't know exactly when yet, uh, 16th of July, uh, Bristol Old Vic uh, 29th of July at Port Elliott Festival in Cornwall, 14th of August at the Edinburgh International Book Festival, then 17th to the 19th of August, somewhere in there, I'm going to be on at Green Man Festival, then uh, 19th of September at Norwich Art Centre. I'm probably going to add some more, actually, hopefully, hopefully a London Day. Um, all details and links uh, are now up on the uh, front page of my website imaginaryadvice.com uh, I can't wait, I like touring I want to leave this wardrobe and live uh, I'm putting together a live show now it's going to have film and music and lots of new writing uh, it's going to be fun now <clears throat> let's uh, let's get into this month's episode this month it's another, um, it's another poetry episode actually uh, you're going to hear four poems today hang on There we go. The class. you know it's funny to think that uh, some people uh, not you, uh, but some people don't like poetry. the pastry-faced pricks, what's wrong with them? Oh oh, I don't like poetry. It's too cool for me. I tell them, hey, 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 I mean you think you don't like poetry, but 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 did you know you're you're actually in a poem right now? This is a poem. You're in a poem don't like it when I say that. I say, uh, uh, you, you like dogs, don't you? Dogs are made out of poetry. That shirt you're wearing, that's a poem. You've got all these double standards. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But anyway, for those people, for those people, I, I've tried to make uh, the poetry more palatable. Uh, so halfway through, I've inserted uh, an intermission on a subject I think they'll be more amenable to. Uh, call it a palate cleanser. Uh, so, you know, I hope... I just hope that there's something for everyone uh, in the episode today. I hope you like it. Here we go. Attention pastor. we've now reached our destination. I am on an aeroplane trying to look clever. A book of poetry open in my lap. I loved a man in Liverpool. One poem begins. But now he is gone now i am here and this here is understood to be the man-sized space occupied by the poet at the time of the poem not the here experienced when i read the words some 50 years later on a flight to copenhagen the poet is not here crammed in the standard a screaming newborn and the seat won over. This EasyJet Airbus inspired no laments from an ageing poet to his dead gay lover. No author observed a likeness to his love in the emergency landing procedure cartoon. But he is gone now and now I am here watching a Jackie Chan film in the sky. It's funny how a word like here persists, making poems seem closer than they actually are. Think of all the places these lines have been read, a classroom, a prison, a toilet, a park, all of them equal distance from the dead. Even in this cylinder, High above Denmark, en route to a festival to watch Patti Smith, who is a bit like a dead gay lover of my own. Kalenborg beneath me, glittering with sadness. A map of another man's pain. I can feel the cabin pressure dropping. Thank God I can never come back here again. This and a thousand other reasons to stay clean-cut and accessible. To drip dry after the morning shower when our signal-to-noise ratio is at its peak. A teacher once told me that poetry aspires to the simplicity of the nude. To be naked, he said, was to speak without footnotes. In my opinion, a naked person usually has more explaining to do than anyone. This morning, I was sitting on your toilet with my empty notepad. You were drying your fake tan with a hairdryer, talking to me through the bathroom mirror. You asked me if the back of you matches the front, and I can't even hazard a guess. Problems like this remind me of trying to get across London. I'm not a Londoner, I have an A to Z but it's got little to do with the alphabet. London is too much, just like the body is too much. I can barely connect two parts of it. The diagrams we use are useless upon the surface. I wrote in my notebook, your neck is beautiful. Then I crossed it out again. It felt weird to cut up the body like that. I decided instead to write about the river that separates my house from yours. We both work such long hours, you and I. Long as a toy maker's lathe. These days, I only seem to cross that river at sunrise and sunset, which is, perhaps, why I have fallen in love with him. INTERMISSION Hey, um, did you catch the, uh, the sport that was on? It's just, I, uh, I saw that, uh, you're wearing a sport uniform. What, uh, what sport is that? Oh, yeah, that's a classic, classic sport. I love that game. Do you know, that's, uh, it's probably my top five games. What, um... What specific team costume is that, though? What um, what team's your favourite? Uh-oh, not that one. Not to brag, but um, my team are significantly more skilled than your team. How many many sport crystals have you guys got? (laughs) Not many. In fact, uh, my team just... Won another sport crystal this weekend, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was um, it was a secret bonus crystal. Most people didn't know about it. Do you know, mate? Uh, this late in the season, I don't think there's uh, there's anyone that could stop us winning now. Not even the army. Last week, right, my team, they've painted this uh, this watercolor of them holding up the victory cup, and it was. Uh, he was incredibly realistic, you know, like like photo realist. You know, people say that we're the Kim Jong-il of sport. Your pitch is, you know, our green screen. Have you even seen this this season? We've been clinking zeppelins in the top end, you know. We've been malleting horses match after match. We've got majority control over four lucrative heavy oil projects. You know, we've done very, very, very good indeed. Unlike your team. Who let's face it, they are a bunch of potatoes. They're a, they're a fancy dress shop on fire, pardon my French. They're like early CGI dinosaurs. They're a funeral buffet, mate, face it. Also, don't think we haven't noticed that you keep swapping out older players, replacing them with younger players, Did just think that we wouldn't know that somehow the football players of West Ham could still be twenty five years old, despite the fact that the team was founded in eighteen ninety five. Clearly, substitutions have been made. Did you think that? Did you think that sports teams couldn't die? All teams die, mate. All teams die. But my team dies last year. What's that sound? Oh yeah, that's right. That's a bomb going off in sport. Your team just happened to be shopping for perfume in the wrong part of the mega mall. Your township burning in the last light of a sixth century. Death threats sung like hymns. A fog of death rising from the stands. Some goals can never be erased. We go by the divine right of the supreme architect of sport. Oh hell, sport! Oh hell, the bull-headed murderer of Sundays! Hail oh sport! Okay, now I understand. You can't got be, gotta be getting back. Okay, you yeah, know I understand. But, uh, sport forever, though, yeah? Now let's do that handshake. Sport for, uh, good enough. Sport forever, yeah? I'll see you next toilet break. I'll just be, I'll be here, yeah? I'll be waiting. I love sport. Things to do. Before you finally leave town. One. Attempt to tessellate everything you've never wanted and ever known. Two. Cut the phone. Three. Bleed the radiators. Four. Cancel bills. Five. Subscriptions. Six. Friendships. Seven. Tell Steve to go fuck himself. Eight. Introduce remaining creditors to those who owe you favours. Nine. Find something creepy to offer your neighbours. A Cub Scout uniform, a small key, a stethoscope. Uh, hi, mate. I, uh... I thought you might like this. Use mate like a news agent. Ten. See your ex, but fail to notice. Eleven. Do not set out a timetable of withdrawal Do not monologue at the homeless Do not stare longingly at the clock tower Stop taking yourself so seriously This is your final warning Twelve. Put on uptown top ranking In the first pub you drank in Try to enjoy the boredom Don't be greedy Spread it around 13 come midnight throw a glow in the dark frisbee off the highest point in town the end of our marriage We are in marriage counselling. My wife does not believe in our relationship. It doesn't grab me, she says. The marriage counsellor tells us that we are too figurative. He suggests that we spend more time developing the five senses, try to anchor ourselves into something palpable He gestures with the serious end of his fountain pen. You, sir, contain no details to love. Following week, I decide to take a work call at a neighbourhood barbecue. I look over at my wife, sitting cross-legged on the patio. She is... Smooth and floral, talking about electronic voice phenomenon with a cluster of small children, all dressed as sweets. She catches my eye drifting behind the thick, black clouds of grizzled pork. I return a well-rehearsed, baritone smile. But she is mouthing the words, This isn't working quietness, emptying the air. The councillor is unperturbed. Dialogue, he says, pulling out an executive toy, a set of kinetic energy balls that he insists on calling the Hendersons. Look how the Hendersons communicate, he says, clapping his hands. Bypassing the buck up and down the line, the Hendersons remain in a state of perpetual mutual conflict. We decide to turn our garage into a timeline for our relationship. A wall of index cards maps out key incidents. Pink for her, blue for me. We decide to flash forward to our fifth anniversary, by which point we will have emptied our eyes of tears, our wallets of furniture, and our garden will have a swimming pool with hilarious consequences. The councillor calls round occasionally offering various bolt-on packages, a rainbow in a boat, medical scares, various lengths of jinx. I ask him how the Hendersons are doing. From certain angles, he looks like a placard with the word counsellor written on it. You survived, he says proudly, because... You started as close to the end as you possibly could. We smiled. And love perpetuated. Like needing glasses to find your glasses. Slowly, I began to root for her. I wanted her to be happy. I handed her things And she found reasons for them. Occasionally, the corridors would fill with sunlight and our faces would separate from their expressions. But that was just our way of showing our love. that's the end of imaginary advice not forever you donut just for another month what are you like if you want to get in touch maybe you want to suggest an idea for an episode you can contact me via email at rossgordonsutherland at gmail.com you can find me on twitter at rossgsutherland or through our facebook page it's called uh, imaginary advice podcast I'll be back very soon with uh, more imaginary advice